Hello and welcome to the Dad Jeans Podcast. My name is Didon, and along with my co-hosts Brian and Harris, each episode we'll try to unpack, examine, and discuss the DNA of healthy fathering. While all three of us are fathers, the road to fatherhood has been different for each of us. It's our hope that those differences and the perspectives they bring will only add to the conversation. Thanks for listening. In this episode, we join forces with Kenny and Marshall, the duo behind the Father Good podcast. In this joint podcast collaboration, we joke about the problematic relationship advice we would have given at age 15. They discuss the similarities between improv comedy and fatherhood, and we share tips on all the things that 2020 has thrown at us. But before we do all that, let's check in. Fellas, what's good? Hey, what's going on? Hey. <sighs> what's up? <laughs> Harris, you all right there, bro? I know, man. <laughs> Nah, man. Nah, 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 I'm good. I'm good. It's, whew, it's getting cold. Yeah, man. Like, welcome to, what's this, autumn? Is that what this is called? I mean, immediately. It's like the stepchild before fall. Labor Day came and then it was like, and you're done, son. 60. <laughs> I assure you there's worse. I'm in California and the streets are on fire, dog. So, Ooh, so stop yeah. complaining. <laughs> I'm sorry. Is your sky orange? I heard about the the floor is lava you got the sky is lava yeah man dude it, it looks like somebody's filming dune outside but you know whatever. man how can you go to fat burger and see the oh, sky turning orange that's rough uh i'm not sure how fat burger fits in there but okay ain't you that know, from whatever. california what a burger yeah. though they have an orange sign right so it just blends in you just see two w's thank you for the save harris there it is the there it is dropped me like a bad habit Hey, man, I'm just trying to understand. Harris, <laughs> what you been up to, man? Tell us about yourself. What's going on? What's going on? Oh, man. Um, it's been good. I um, So I'm, I'm a little bit of a self-help junkie. Okay. And I, there's this book I just came across. That's where all my, I always say, like, armchair psychology comes from. So there's this book I just finished called uh, The Anatomy of Peace. Uh, you know, shout out to the Armageddon Institute. Uh, a little bit of free um, publicity. But um, they had this book called The Anatomy of Peace, and they break down how you see yourself and how other people see themselves, and like that, that affects how you treat people. And this whole concept of like being in the box, being out of the box. So they got four boxes. One is the better than box. Some people are like, you know, I'm better than other people. There's the I deserve box, and then you have the, um, the worse than box. And then the need to be seen as box. And I figured out that I operate out of the need to be seen as box. And I was like, yo, I don't, you know, it's, it's bittersweet because it's like when you read something and it has you pegged so well and you, you kind of feel offended, you know, like I thought I was original. You know, and then realizing you just extra crispy. <laughs> like, it's, it's, Okay. But, um, I don't know, man. So anyway, it, it was a great book. And like, so this concept of, uh, you know, need to be seen as, it's like, you know, you, you just kind of like live your life, you know, playing towards this. And then like, you got this imposter complex stuff going on. And I was just like, man, yo, this stuff is really good. So if y'all are interested in, um, you know, engaging people and y'all nerdy about stuff like that and just want to know how to treat people, you know, like in the workplace and, you know, relationships. It's a really, really good book. So, um, yeah, I'm going, I'm doing good, man. My, my, my mind has been expanded, you know, okay. um, with this book. I'm in a good spot. 
That's what's up. That's, That's what's, what's up. up. AD man, what's 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 up with you, man? How you doing, man? Where to start? Um, I'm good. First off, um, I came to California. My mother had um, some health challenges, so I uh, jumped the plane out here. Uh, and she's doing well for everybody who's who sent me messages. So I appreciate that. Good. But, good. Um, so I, I had the talk with Ella, and. You know, the question was, you know, what do you tell a nine-year-old? How much do you tell a nine-year-old? I said, well, you know, Grand Bobby's having some health challenges and she's in the hospital right now. Um, so I'm going to check on her. And my kid is real thoughtful. The first thing she says was, do you want me to take her pictures down? Will seeing her pictures make you sad? I was like, no, no, you know, um, I think about my mother all the time. So that won't, that won't really be a factor. And she said, well, do you think you're going to cry? Now, I got to take a step back because my kid has been hyper focused on me crying for the, like the last couple months. And I said, I don't, I don't know. I don't feel like crying right now, but if I do, um, will you give me a hug? And she's like, yeah, daddy, of course I'll give you a hug. And so I was leaving and she says, and if you cry when I'm not there, take a picture of it and text it to me. <laughs> and I'm just like, all the compassion went right out the window. Go. So, <laughs> it was yeah, never there. Exactly. Right. exactly. I was gonna say, <laughs> dealing with a nine-year-old. You, so cruel. You, Kids are so cruel. You gotta be ready at all times. B, what's good in your book, man? Oh man. So man, probably if we go back a couple of episodes. Okay. I talked about Nas getting on his bike and not moving and telling me to push him. And the telling went to Daddy, can you please push? And I knew that he had strong legs because he could kick the heck out of me. Bruh. And so yesterday I just took him out and he said that he wanted to get on his bike. And I'm just like, cool, man, we can just go ahead and walk around the neighborhood. And he has his things about wanting to go and see frogs. So he got on his, uh, got on his bike and we buckled a little safety belt on the bike. And this kid just started pedaling. He started pedaling on his own. And you talk about a proud dad moment where I'm just sitting there watching it. Like I saw the process of not wanting to get on, sitting on, needing to be guided to now he's doing it on its own. And sort of fatherhood just flashed before my eyes because just like that, this kid will be graduated from college, right? And so in that moment, I remained extremely mindful because I was really taking mental snapshots of all of this and just excited that I didn't try to speed up the process and it happened when it was supposed to happen. And he just felt like, oh, this is, this is, this is what we call Tuesday, dad. I'm just going to see the frogs. Uh, and then a car came and I had to go ahead and get him right. But other than that, he, uh, he just, he just blew me away. And so that, that, that was huge, man. So, um, that is, uh, that's the, the, the joy of the week, man. So, you know, I'm just glad that we're all connecting here. And it's funny how our stories are now being seamless with other episodes. So <clears throat> just a wonderful thing, man. Wonderful thing. No, man, that's you know, dope. I just, I just realized, like, you know, y'all talked about y'all kids. I was like, look, this is my stand. <laughs> I mean, I think it's wonderful that, you know, on this fatherhood show that y'all got the bandwidth. But uh, after my full day. I hear you. Talking about my... My D self. Well, uh, <laughs> and let me tell you this, Harris. I think you might get a kick out of this. So, you know, I'm, I'm thinking internal. And I'm trying to be an empath at times. And I know I can't choose to be an empath, but I'm really trying to get in my feelings, right? And so, uh, and so Fiza and I start talking about our love language. 
Oh. And um, I was just like, I, I uh, love what? Uh, I love you. And it was just like, no, nah, there are five of them. Which one are you? And I was like, I'm the sixth one because I don't know which one I am. And so really we started good. looking. We started looking <laughs> at the different ones. And there's a whole test that you have to take, right? Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. I ain't, I ain't taking no damn test. You ain't taking the test? Man, I ain't taking that test. Bruh, it's like I know what I am. Test. I know what I am. Acts of service. Okay. Acts that's of service. Facts. That that's a hundred. That's one hundred. hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. Listen, I ain't teetering on not think I am because we were kind of talking and she was like, well, you're not gifts, right? And you're not this and you're like that. And I'm just like, I think I'm, I'm acts of service. And we talked about it and landed on, you know what? I feel confident with with what, what what I am. I still haven't asked her what she is. I think I should. Hold on. Uh-huh. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Dog, you missed you missed the layup, bro. <laughs> she went through all five to help you identify, and you was like, "Thanks." I was like, "Hey, you know the Packers playing tomorrow, right?" <laughs> Thanks. Oh my head. No, that's not true. That is that is not true. That is that is not true. Too late. Kinda. Yeah, just too edit, late. edit that out, please. Oh my god. <laughs> but I tell you he this, was like, man. That's what's up. <laughs> yes, yes. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. But I am, as we all are, Stad Jeans. We are 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 so excited about the show that we are dropping today because in the universe, the entities have a way of putting like minds and creatives together. And by way of the rabbit hole and ethos of Fathering Podcasts, we came across this awesome podcast called Father Good and started looking at the guest, reading some of the information on the Father Good podcast. And I was just like, man, this is pretty dope. And then I realized I knew one of the co-hosts and I was just like, this is a small world. And so then that connected me not only to the podcast, but our friendship in Chicago and us maintaining our friendship through, through, throughout the years to now be excited to know that my boy is a father and they are doing their fathering thing with the Father Good podcast, but they have a special spice at which they are incorporating comedy, right? And all fathers out there need to know that in fathering, you have to be able to laugh at your mistakes. And you also have to be able to laugh at your successes too. And so without further ado, I want to go ahead and introduce our fans, our crew to the Father Good Podcast crew. Let's clap it up for them. Hey. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Marshall and Kenny, let's get it. Yes. Beautiful. Beautiful. I know. It's I can I can confirm it. It's very hot out here in in California. <laughs> you guys were talking about like, oh man, it's so cold. I was like <laughs> I'm like, sitting in a room with is, a, man. We're, I have a fan like just off frame here <laughs> and otherwise I would be melting into the floor. <laughs> no man, it is so dope to have you guys here. And before we actually like just dump, jump deep into the podcast, man. Just tell us a little bit about who you are, how you guys met the Father Good podcast, and um, you know this this awesome this awesome format that you guys have for for your creation. Um, you want to go? Why don't you? Want to- sure. I mean, uh, yeah. I'll go. Um, like, so Kenny and I, you know, we do comedy uh, out in LA. Um, uh, specifically, we were uh, on uh, at a comedy theater, UCB, the Upright Citizens Brigade. 
and uh, we got put on a, a sketch comedy team together um, back in 2010. Uh, Actually, like, it was uh, 2009. Like November of 2010. I think it was, oh no, sorry, it was 2010. It was 2010, right. yeah, I remember because uh, I, I had to go back to Chicago like that January of that year. So like, <laughs> like I, right, I did, the yeah. first, did the first show and then I got to miss the, like, the next was like, uh, I just got on this team, they're going to kick me off, oh no. No way. Um, but yeah, that's how Kenny and I met uh, uh, on that team and then they kept us together for like six years, mm -hmm. five years. And so we were uh, but, doing shows like every month. Yeah, new every show, month every we month. would do a different yeah. sketch comedy show. We had writers and stuff like that and uh yeah, and then and then Kenny's wife got pregnant, and then my wife got pregnant, <laughs> <laughs> and then your wife got pregnant again uh -huh. with, with twins because you <laughs> really twins. wanted to like one up me. You know, like we didn't have another one. This comedy thing is this cutthroat, yo. So. It is. <laughs> you got to be able to to one up, and so Marshall had had two more. I, had to, I, I, had still, to I just have one still. Like it was a mental, it was a mental choice too. I was like, yo, twins this time, let's go. Ready, break. Uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to vision you focusing. Hey, look. <laughs> I was uh, <laughs> I didn't want that visual right now. But I was okay. on, yeah, well, look, it's there now. Deal with it. Yeah. I was on my, I was on my Goku meditation. I was like, let's do this. <laughs> it's a Gambuka. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, like it's funny because like you know both of us having kids around the same time, like we're basically going through the same things at the same time while also trying to perform a, a show every month <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and all that that goes into it and 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 everything else being a, a LA actor writer you know kind of situation. So it just kind of made sense. We were like, yo, we should just this was, and mind you, this was around the time too where like everybody started doing podcasts. <laughs> it was like, hey. We should do a podcast. Yeah, we should do a podcast. We should do a podcast about us being dads. <laughs> I was saying too, like before we, so the first, we pitched it out to a couple of different comedy networks. And the funny thing was, is we pitched it out to one, I won't say the name, but my wife was also pitching them. And there were so many mom podcasts that my wife's podcast had to be like extremely specific. It was like moms talking specifically about like uh, schools and like, dealing with that process and ours was just like we're funny dads and we would get some other funny dads on like that was basically <laughs> our show <laughs> and we well, got, what like, else? What i else love this idea <laughs> uh, uh, I, yeah sorry yeah. and then yeah and then basically i think the the what happened was like the pandemic kind of uh kind of kick-started jump-started it was like we're stuck in the house now and we're not doing anything else and Right, let's do it. Let's just do it. Let's, yeah, let's we have go. been let's talking about it. We've been talking about it for years and trying to see if somebody would help us, like produce or something. And then we're just like, what are, we're all stuck at home. Let's just start doing it. Yeah. And we know so many, so many other dads who are funny, and you know, we just have conversations with people about their experiences, which I'm sure you guys know. Like the at this time that we've been living in for the past six months now. <laughs> There's there's plenty of stories. To talk oh about. yes, oh, yeah. oh yes, oh yes. Yeah. Some that we might even get into today. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> that we might even get into Before today. Yes, get into all of that. Exactly. Well, now this we is this a, is we have a, a relatively new tradition here with the Dad Jeans Podcast, where we call it the Question of the Week. Uh, 
I'm yeah, terrified about it. I've listened to episodes. I'm terrified about this. Go ahead. Listen, <laughs> let me tell you, they asked me, like I said, they caught me like a deer in headlights last time. I was like, okay. We hey, you mean did not, you, D caught you with one. Man, you had a great answer, but you did go last. Anyway, I digress. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So uh, my question of the week, I was, I was talking to one of my homeboys, and we were reminiscing on, on high school. And oh boy, um, oh boy. I, I had this I, I had this like horrible break. I hope no one from high school is listening to this because I was <laughs> I was whoo, I was simping. It was terrible. They were just like, yo, this simping. Dude, this dude needs he took it there. He took it there. Someone to to mentor him. I need for that to be in the dictionary. Yeah, when, when when the fifteen year old says you need a mentor, give me the older brothers. <laughs> It's all bad. That kid is an executive director somewhere right now. He's a Tyrone. You know, so anyway, so I had this horrible breakup. And um, we were talking about it's like, so if if you had a friend who's going through a horrible breakup, Mm -hmm. what would you give them to help them through? Like, you know, whether it's music, whether it's, you know, X, Y, and Z. All of y'all have had friends who have gone through a breakup. How old are we? Yeah, I was going to say, point of 15, clarification. Right like now? Are we talking high school now? Friend? Like, Our frontal <laughs> lobe is still soft. 15 okay. to 20. I don't hang with okay. 15, 15 to 20. Harris. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, when, no, I'm saying back then. I want you to think of yourself back then. Okay, okay, okay. So don't be trying to give no refined, what oh, would you, I'm so, so enlightened now. <laughs> what would you have done back then to help your, your peoples out? Oh, well, that's... Oh, my God. I, 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 I don't want to let y'all into the world of how I was in high school, bro. 16-year-old Oh, so you just broke up with your girl and you don't want to kick it? Oh, okay. Now, uh, frontal cortex is a little bit more developed. Yeah, okay. Um, um, all right, let me let me let me let me go first. Well, I'm supposed to go last. No, yeah, no. you go last. Let's just right, right, jump go, right go, in here. Go, go, go ahead, Kenny. Help y'all out. Okay. All right. So, I'll, I'll go. D sounds like D's gonna go. Well, I, <laughs> no, I, I think nobody wants <laughs> to answer it, but D, you were. Saying, I don't know how to answer this. No. <laughs> uh, I will jump in because because this is a true story. Um, so I had a. I grew up in Pasadena, so several of my homeboys rapped. This is with me giving the air quotes, right? The loonies? And, and nah. <laughs> your mouth, the far side? Your mouth? And it was not uncommon when to have the homeboy who like is always doing the sad breakup raps because the girl dumped him or yeah. it didn't work out. So, you know, the dude what, I would, what I would give... Group. Correct. Correct. So, so what what I would do is is give that cat an audience because nobody ever wanted to hear. It's like, dog, I'm not trying to hear your suicide raps about your bad relationship. Like we were terrible back then. But yeah. Like I, I would, I would solve. Yeah. yeah I, solve. I would give that. I would give that homeboy uh, a dope beat and an audience. And like 
20 minutes. After that, you got to get over you it. Going, that's oh. a long freestyle, man. <laughs> 20 minutes, yeah. Bro, because he, he wrote it on loose leaf paper and the pages aren't in order. So you got 20 minutes to get it together. So not only are you going to soften him up, you're going to humiliate him in front of his friends because one of them leaflet pages is going to be out of order. He's going to be like, I love you, girl. You was my number. Slap that fool in the face. Like, you know. One time, 20 minutes, get it in, and now we're moving on. All right, man. I'm glad I ain't know you in high school, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who's next? Who wants that smoke? I'll go. I'll go. Just because I think my answer is going to be the worst or like the lame, the lamest. I was pretty lame in high school. So I don't know, like. I think if like my somebody I know had gotten out of a relationship, I probably would have been like, "But you did it, man! Like, <laughs> like you, you had a girlfriend. Like, I'm not there. I don't, I don't have that. I've never had that yet. I don't think I had. You my, give me advice. I was just saying. I don't think I had my first one till like almost out of college. Like a good, like a like legit one. So I don't know. You giving out affirmations? Yeah, I would have been like. Dude, keep your head up, man. Like, fail forward. <laughs> fail forward. Exactly. <laughs> fail oh, forward. Oh, man. That was a good one. That was a good one. I'll go. Um, so I think, you know, I played football, and that was, I mean, super toxic, masculine in high school. So I'm going to try to answer this in a PG form. But I think one thing I would have done is I would have been like, well, why did she break up with you? And then asked my boy, hey, <clears throat> do you want me to give her a call? Have you be quiet on the three-way so you oh. can at least know? You can at least know, right? <laughs> three-way, right? Yes. Like, like, Remember that? That takes us back into the, 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 the 90s, right? So I would at least do that because if she was cheating on you and, and y'all broke up, then hey, you ain't got nothing to be mad. We Let's go kick it. But a little high school espionage, you a jerk, yes. right? And you need to know that. But then the other thing I would have did would have been like, "Hey, man, <clears throat> we got practice in a few minutes. Let's go to McDonald's. Let's get a number one, and let's go to practice and just forget about it." That that would have been it. And then the mm-hmm. savage thing I would have been like, "You know, she got some friends." <laughs> you know she got some friends. Uh, <laughs> so, so B, I'm not gonna let you bury the lead here. Dang. <laughs> Would you have the follow up with your homie on Monday? Like, listen, man. Yeah, she was never really yours. She wasn't there for you. She called me back after that three way call. <laughs> <laughs> she broke up with you a long time before she actually told you. Oh man! Oh man! All right, Marshall, listen on you. All right, all right. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Oh, go, go uh, back! Go back! The views of 2020 dads should not be uh, should not you. be confused with our 15 year old selves. Right. That's right. true. Right. That's true. Because we are all kind true. of projecting. None of us would have did anything short. that we said. I mean, look, short. I can't. Like, okay, so like, my thing is about the context of the situation. Because <laughs> why you break up? Why you break up? Like, like you said, like, oh, if she cheated on you and it was all like heart, like, oh, you know, she kissed some other dude in the hallway. Cause I mean, let's be real. Like that's about as far as cheating is. Oh, I saw her pass a note to this other cat. I probably am not like, I'm not going, <laughs> like, I don't think I feel too much sympathy at the time. Like I, like as a 15 year old, like I really did not. 
I did not care. <laughs> I really didn't. You were like, was like oh, y'all got problems? Yeah. Right, that's cool. I got some other stuff I'm doing. So like, I got some nihilators. I, I got some nihilators. I really, I really, I wouldn't have been a very good friend, I don't think. Oh, it's like, listen, let's go play some I street been, fighting. I would have just been like, oh, oh, she kissed somebody else? Dang, that sucks, man. I right, anyway, you try to get this mad on? What's exactly. up? <laughs> that is exactly. therapy, though. That so is, I would, is. yeah, exactly. I give a distraction. I, that's what I would give. <laughs> that's my gift is distraction because I don't know if I'm gonna have too much more sympathy about it. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. All right, well, maybe because I fell into a relationship or I just didn't have a girlfriend. Like it didn't matter to me. I didn't really didn't even like. I didn't care. I was you playing. Know, I was playing the sports. When I realized I grew up way too fast. <laughs> Cause y'all over there like I don't know what are <laughs> girls. I'm like really, really. I'm on my third divorce. You know, at the age of seventeen. He didn't say on my third marriage. On my third divorce. <laughs> hey man, yeah. I appreciate you. I appreciate your willingness to get it right, bro. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's determination. Oh yeah. my god. Who says right. you got a fear commitment? <laughs> right, right. I get in there. So look. Here's what I did. Uh, what I did, I've done it. There was a period between that that time span. Uh, there was this uh, there was this patron saint of of breakup music called David Hester. Oh Lord, <laughs> <laughs> David Hollister. Real talk. I I would buy my homeboys. A copy of David Hollis to Ghetto Hams. Link in the show notes. <laughs> I mean, I remember one of my homeboys. I mean, literally, like, I mean, he was he was crying, he was hurt, you know. And I was like, I got you, I got you. He showed up the next day to school, just gave him the CD, man. He, you know, ripped the little corner off. <laughs> he just started reading through Baby Mama Drama. Okay, all right. You know, favorite girl. Okay, all right, man. Look, you know, it got him through. Did y'all cry together, Harris? I know, man. <laughs> Tell no. the truth, bro. No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's what's up. So you were thoughtful. You were a more thoughtful friend back in the day. You 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 were giving like, look, look, I'm gonna help my friend out. I'm gonna give him. A... You went out and spent your hard-earned money in high school. That's a big deal. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you didn't say you would have burned him a copy. You you straight up gave him a shrink wrap. You joint. went to you went to Tower Records to get a CD. Man, you know, dog, when we had no Tower Records Maxi back in the Midwest, man, he went to Sam Goody. He stole. Yeah, Tower Records. What you talking about? Was Tower oh, Records in Chicago. Oh, it's right from a while. Oh, you was going to Sam Goody. I get Sam Goody though. I get that. I get that. Yeah. We had I both those in California guys. California had everything. <laughs> <laughs> Kitty over here bragging. Yo, fellas, thank you for uh, taking that risk. Because, uh, you know, it's a risk to talk about your past in 2020. <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll find out. <laughs> right. <laughs> as, soon as, as soon as I started looking at all of y'all faces, I was like, oh. Yeah, well, <laughs> and somewhere uh, Dave, Dave Hollister is going to be like, why am I getting more downloads this week? <laughs> <laughs> Who's Harris? Harris. <laughs> Harris gave him that versus bump. <laughs> Oh man, D, I hand it off to you, man. Please get us out of this, <laughs> Yo, fellas. This is great. Um, one of the things we we like to do when we have guests on, and we want to get an idea of how they think. And so, the first question that we always ask is, "What is your six word memoir?" Oh, are you ready, Marshall? You got one because I I, 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 I think I do. I thought it up earlier today because I, I I listened to previous episodes and I'm like, 
was like, I'm going to have a hard time with this question, <laughs> but I try to remember it. Um, I and we it, will audit, so don't try to go seven. I know you look. You look like you counting no, your fingers right now. I am counting my fingers. <laughs> uh, um, when you leave a kid alone, that's that's mine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll even give you the dot dot dot. <laughs> and then ellipses, you can put that yeah. on there. That says a whole lot about your child. <laughs> yeah. Or current fatherhood. <laughs> true. Either or. Oh, is it? True. Oh, no, but oh, see, no, Kenny, but Kenny couldn't have been alone as a kid. Like, tell him, tell him how many. Well, tell okay, him how so many. that's 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 why I came up with this. So I'm one of eight kids. So, nice. and I'm you... I'm from Orange County, like just south of LA. Um, my parents are Irish Catholic, so that's like they're just fill in the blanks as to how many times they were doing it. So anyway, <laughs> um, they, I'm one of eight. I'm a twin. I have a twin brother. And then I also have two sisters who are twins. Ooh. And so the reason why I would say, and then my sisters who are twins were born with um, disabilities. So they, one of them is in a wheelchair uh, and one of them can walk, but they have some um, cerebral palsy, some brain damage. So they necessitate a lot of attention, mm. deservedly so. So with me, the reason why I would say that's the name of my biography is because I am very different than my family in terms of like ideologically. Um, my family is very far right, conservative. Um, I'm not, I'm very progressive. I'm, uh, uh, I raised my daughter kind of differently than I was raised. Um, I, my, my wife is super liberal. <laughs> my, so, and I feel like I'm the result of the fact that like, I was so, as a kid, I was so, um, they didn't have to worry about me. Like I did good in school. I was a bit of a goof off. I was a class clown. I was eight kids. I wanted attention. So it's kind of a default. But because of that, like my parents didn't have to like, like, oh, this one's kind of got his stuff together. Let's focus on the ones that need attention. Like my twin who had a hard time in, with classes and stuff with grades and he kind of acted out a little bit. And so because I was given a little bit more rope, I was able to kind of like explore more, figure out, um, learn different things, experience different things. And it's kind of made me what I think is like my best self, but it came from, had I been in an environment where I was maybe like what my daughter is currently in, which is like if I was an only child or something, I often think that I would probably still, maybe I still would be like, a Republican conservative, I would have a whole other mindset, you know, but because I was left alone, I would be kind of become this, what I feel like I said is my best self. So does that make sense? Did I, did I do that right? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> no, definitely. Perfect tracking, That's yeah. perfect. Being a parent is definitely a masterclass in resource allocation, particularly of attention. <laughs> oh, for sure. Like I don't, I don't fault in my parents. I mean, they had eight kids, like, and they just they yeah. did the best they could. I just think like because I I could say like because I only have one and I can focus a lot of my attention on her, I know that like had my parents been able to afford that with me, um, I I could have I maybe could have turned out differently or because there's there's been discussions about, you know, how can you not vote for this person, fill in the blank, who's in the presidency right now? And I would be like well, they would try to phrase it as like, well, you know, that's not how we raised you. That's not how. And I would say like, look, that's not, 
I'm not going to, you raised me to think for myself and to follow things that I believe in and to have strong faith in my values. And those are all things that I have. I just, I just happen to not watch Fox news every, every night like you do. So self self care. Yes. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) God. (laughs) Got you. Got you. All right, Marshall, you're up. You've had a lot of time. I thought about this. I thought about this. Here we go. All right. All right. Outside expectations don't equal true calling. Okay. Yeah. Elaborate, yeah, please. I counted it. The no, Rizzo. Pack it. Rizzo the don't Jizzle. Don't off with all those syllables. But uh, no, no, I, yeah, you did too. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Expectations. Yeah. <laughs> Expectations. <laughs> That's how I counted nine words. <laughs> nah, bro. <laughs> we went to public school, y'all. <laughs> Uh, see, that's a part of it. Like, honestly, that's like, that touches on it. Cause like for me, um, most of my like early years were, were me basically chasing outside expectations. I basically lived with a lot of the, uh, you know, just trying to achieve the outside expectations, basically thinking that like replacing my own goals with other people's goals and not realizing it like, oh, yeah, well, all these people say I'm like this. So, oh, yeah, of course I should be, you know, doing this, you know, science, go to this school, do this, you know, go into this profession and stuff like that. Uh, It wasn't until college that I started to realize like, uh oh, wait a minute, this is some. I don't think I like being behind a computer all day and writing computer codes and trying to figure out this equation and do that. Like, I, like it just hit me. Like, mm. you know, I started. I did a play with you know my my roommate. He was in a play and he was like, "Hey man, come do this play with me." And I was like, "All right." And that's when I was like, "Oh, this is what I want to do. This is like my calling. Like, and entertaining. Like, I, like being on stage. Like, like performing and 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 making people laugh and 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 cry and just." This, entertaining in general like that was just i just didn't realize it like i started i, I started djing like i had got a radio show and like the, you know i got somebody took me under his wing and like taught me how to dj and and it was it was that it was like oh no all these outside expectations was not what i was supposed to be doing with my life like this is what i'm supposed to be doing like creating being a creative person like that's what that's where my skills like yeah i got other skills in other areas but like that's where my soul skills lie <laughs> with creating and, and making people feel, you know, good mostly, you know, like that. The, so that's pretty much why the, the, those are my six words. It's like, just because other people expect something of you, like, nah, it, the outside expectations do not define you. To be seen as, see, full circle, yeah. boom. Family. Expectations. <laughs> 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 with your civil self. <laughs> your civil nah, nah, self. Um, <clears throat> nah, and it's good that you figured out that at a very young age because, um, you know, there's some people in their 50s who still haven't figured that out. Um, so, I mean, do you still send gifts to that roommate? <laughs> that's funny i never even thought about it that way i mean no i, I gave him a gift because he was a, one of my groomsmen so <laughs> nice. he got a gift nice. then i bought him some stuff yes <laughs> nice. well no that's real talk that's real talk and so <clears throat> as with the traditional format of of the dad gene show wherever this goes Organics. That's how we just want to kind of just throw it back and forth, man. And I love the energy that we got going on right now. 
And I know that you guys spoke a little bit about how the Father Good podcast came together. Um, but as you guys think about impromptu theater and comedy and sketch comedy and being on the stage, how do you pull from that experience any connections to what fatherhood is all about? Oh, um, I mean, the best thing that I think in terms of like actually dealing with my actual child, you mean? Like parenting? Yes, yes. I think there's this thing from improv where improv is all based on taking what's in front of you. And it's always the last line that was said. So even if like, you know, a scene starts, Marshall and I are doing a scene and we get a suggestion of like, I don't know, carrot or something. And I have an idea in my head of I'm going to be this guy planting a carrot, but then Marshall talks first and Marshall says something totally different. I have to drop whatever's going on in my head and immediately take, use that exact line that he just used. And that's what we're doing. And so that feel like in terms of parenthood, you cannot come in with like, you can try to be like, this is what we're doing, but you have to be able to let some stuff go and be able to be flexible. Cause if you, if you're going to be so regimented, and I'm doing this every day with, you know, homeschooling and stuff. You know, you can try to put a schedule up and be like, this is what we're doing from this time to this time. But you, if you have to be able to like move on that and be able to be like, let's just deal with what's right in front of me here and go from there. And that's what I find. I don't know what you think, Marshall. Yeah, yeah. I was going to, I was thinking that exact same thing is like just being in the moment. Uh, uh, like in being in like when you're in an improv scene, you are you, and the best improv comes from when you're reacting in the moment to what's happening in front of you with an emotion, and and so like that's definitely a, a huge thing. Another thing is just being able, just being able to like let go and play. You know what I mean? Like when you're on it, when you're on a stage and you're improvising, like something something might come up that just might be ridiculous. And if you're not willing to let go of like any, uh, you know, humility, like just if you're just if if you're open to play and just have fun with it, then that usually makes a really good scene. Everybody like the audience has fun when you have fun. And it's kind of the same way with the parent too. it like it gives you that ability to like when it when when the time is right. Hey, let loose. Have fun. You know what I mean? Be able to you're able to connect with the kids better. And then they like they just they they see you as more than just that like big person <laughs> that tells me what to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? It like, it allows them to, uh, uh, to grow emotionally, especially if you know how to play, if you can play with them and let them kind of dictate the play, but then you can incorporate, you know, real life lessons while you're playing, you know what I mean? Like, Oh, Hey, I know you really want, you know, this, me to do this thing, but this thing that I don't, this doesn't make me feel good. Because it hurts because you're heavy and you're standing on my, you know, <laughs> you, know like, you know, you're able to like, hey, so please, you know, think about what it's going to feel good or hurt me before you do it and stuff like that, where you can like sneak in those games, those, those lessons while you're playing the game because you're just fully immersed in it. It's like, you're not a kid, you know that, but you're able to just let go and have fun and they can like have fun and let loose too, learn some stuff. That's what's up. How old are, you, are your kids? Six and the twins are four. Okay, and boys. My daughter's seven. The, okay. Yeah, and my old yeah my oldest is a boy, uh, and uh, the twins are girls. But they're not identical, so it was no split. It was double egg time in the face. <laughs> 
just so y'all know. <laughs> just so you know the We're science about it. this. Right back to it. Afraid. I ain't afraid. I, honestly, I think that takes even more focus. <laughs> <laughs> Start calling you the sensei, uh, you Marshall. Yes. Marshall the sensei. You can use as many syllables uh, as you want to from here on out. Uh, no, don't let, don't be don't be fooled, man. We was both like, not twins, no. I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it. one hundred. No, we was both like, no. I, re- I remember when Marshall told me he was like, yeah, yeah my wife's pregnant again, and it's twins. I was like, oh, I, I almost like I, I almost got like I felt bad. Almost felt bad for him. Like, oh no. You know what it is too? That's it's because we live in a world of people who like most people have siblings. And I'm an only child. So to me, I was like, we good. He's fine. He'll be fine. He'll turn out like me. He'll be fine. And my wife, who's like one of three, is like, no, he needs a he needs a brother or sister to play with. And I'm like, I don't understand. Like, like, why does everybody with siblings think the kids need more siblings? Like, no, we cool rolling solo. Let's go. So then twins. <laughs> <laughs> Jinxed all up into place. I was gonna say, did you ever like be at one point like what I told you? I told you. <laughs> I told you we could just do, we could just have one, and but then we got we have three now. Now we got two. <laughs> you know this runs in the family, and both our families. Why you do that? <laughs> oh man, I am a twin, so I feel like that was the. I I've, Marshall's heard this story too, but like I I've always felt like. I'm a twin. I never thought I could possibly have them, but I remember we went in for our first checkup and I first heard my daughter's heartbeat and we were like all blissed out and it was awesome. Then the the nurse was like, oh, so it's just one. And I had this moment where I was like, oh my God, that's right. There could have been like more than one in there. Holy cow. Like I just like, it's like total freak out moment. And the nurse was like, are you okay? I'm like, no, I'm fine. Like I, I thought that maybe there was, I didn't, re- I forgot that there could have been more than one in there. I was only <laughs> That's what's up. That's what's up. So question, fellas. Um, Early in the the pandemic, I was doing a Zoom interview and, you know, I gave my my daughter the talk. Daddy's going to be doing an interview, you know, make sure she had everything in her room. So there's no reason for her to come out. And of course she comes out and it's not a big deal. But after after the interview was over, she comes to me and she has this like puzzled look on her face. And she said, Daddy, I didn't know you had any white friends. And I was like, wait, what? Where did this come from? I was like, well, one, that was an interview. But two, <laughs> that ain't my friend. What you talking about? That guy wasn't my friend. I was like, but I do have white friends. And I was thinking, you know, as a father, other than like in a classroom at her school, she hasn't seen me interact with any other with, with any white fathers. And so I've been, I've been like very deliberate and just thinking about um, what that means and, and, and how that in, will impact her. And I'm curious as to what, if any insights, having a partner that's of the opposite race, well, not the opposite race, but that's a different race, um, but it's also going through <laughs> whatever it means to, to be a father. There's only two races, um, y'all. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, listen, there's A race and B race. Y'all figure it out. Um, I'm, I'm curious as, as to what, if any, um, you know, insight or, or, or value that that adds to your, either your partnership or either um, as, part, as fathers. Wow. Uh, That's a big know. question. I, yeah, I think yeah, it yeah. definitely, I think it adds value for sure. Like, I'm always like, 
of the mindset that the more the more voices in the room, the better. And, you know, especially like in comedy, like the world that Marshall and I exist in is extremely white, is extremely male dominant. And that's kind of something that I personally, like about five or six years ago, kind of got tired of and was really more interested in when shows, when I was doing shows or trying to put shows together, was I wanted to make sure we had like different people up on stage doing stuff because I'm just like, I've, I've heard this narrative of, but that I see or that I am involved with every day. I want to hear what other people have to say. And so I think the fact that like we are two dads from different races, it adds that effect of like, we just, we just get to hear a different perspective, especially from myself. Like it'd be very, I'm sure like most of the white guys we have, on our show, we could probably we could he, we could talk, and we probably have like a lot of the same experiences. But we and Marshall and I could talk and have probably similar. But Marshall could have a different experience that I've never had, just because he's a black man and I'm a white man. I mean, I think it just and there's always value there just to have different voices for sure. Yeah, yeah, I, like and and I think I think part of the thing of like us being partners is like I think. Uh, I think if that mutual, like, you know, that understanding and that feeling wasn't there, then we probably wouldn't have, we wouldn't vibe in the first place and, and yeah. not even like, you know what I mean? Like, like Kenny's been like my dog, like <laughs> since we started doing the show. Like, so it like, I think, I think it, it being there prior to us getting, getting together, I think is what helps too. Is it's like, I like, I mean, I went to predominantly white high school all boys. I went to, you know, mostly white college. Uh, I'm in comedy and improv specifically. Like, so like our, <laughs> like, I kind of understand how to navigate in that, like in that space. You know what I mean? You just get used to it, you know, cause, cause it is what it is. You have to. Um, and so when you, when you come across people who genuinely, uh, um, you know, care about like being, being right, you know what I'm saying? Like being on the right side of history on everything, you know, it just, it's, it stands out. And so it just wasn't, it wasn't even like an issue really. Like, it was just like, yo, like, yo, let's do a show. Let's do it. Let's do this. Let's do that. Like when Kenny started his, uh, uh political, his monthly political show podcast, it was like, Hey, you want to do the show? Yeah, man, let's go. Like, yeah. so it was just like, we were already, we already vibe because that, that kind of feeling that that respect is already there. So uh, I think us being together, then it kind of like, yo, you go through Kenny's timeline. Kenny, yo, Kenny's about it, yo. <laughs> like, don't get it twisted. Like Kenny, <laughs> Kenny is down for the cause, like one hundred and fifty percent. So oh, like, there's you. never any, there's never any questions about that or anything like that. Like, so uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't think, know. It just kind of works out. Yeah, and I think too. I think what you said too about like our previous like working together, like especially in comedy, like you have to have that like kind of unspoken timing between each other. Like that has to be there. And like, that was like that Marshall and I were like that. I mean, our whole team was pretty much like our first show. We were like, Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. we got lucky. We had our team was legit. Yeah. Everything works. All these people work. We had like, we had no real like drama Queens or anything. It was just like, and so we had that like, he and I already had that really established rapport. And then, yeah, just for the fact that, like I said, like, you know, just any diversity than different is, especially in our world, is, I think it's great. Cool. That's actually a, a great segue um, 
if you could guarantee that like one trait, if you could make sure that your child had one trait uh, that you think would make them successful, you know, in their future, what would you want that to be? Super speed, flight, yeah. <laughs> invisibility, invisibility, invisibility. <laughs> I mean, I'll say this: like, I think you know the thing I'm often kind of worried about, and I'm sure I, don't know, I know you guys have, you guys have some have daughters, right? Well, I don't know what what your guys is all. Uh, yeah, Ooh. having daughters, like, I'm always like concerned about, you know, what their future. What what her future is going to look like, especially like you know the, the patriarchy is so strong, and I'm always constantly like concerned. <laughs> so I'm concerned about like college and what that what's that going to be like. Ten, what are guys going to be like? You know, when she's going to college, what she's going to have to deal with there. So like one thing that she kind of already has that I kind of want her to hold on to is that she can really put her foot down and she can really say no and mean it and really dig in on some things. And it can frustrate the heck out of my wife and I. But I think I'm always like, if you can keep that down the road when this world tries to put up a bunch of roadblocks for you, if you can still be have that, like I would love for you to still have that. When that guy is like at that party in college is trying to get you to come home and you're saying no and he's still trying and you can still dig in that heel. Like I would love for her to have that when she's older, for sure. And not to put out those fires. <laughs> yeah. Because that man. stuff terrifies me. <laughs> that stuff. I'm not scared of like like men terrify me. <laughs> I don't want to deal with that. Mm-hmm. What about you, Marshall? Uh, let me think. Like that that's a good one. I mean, if like honestly, and it's funny because I'm saying if I think about it, I want to say thoughtfulness. Mm-hmm. And not just thoughtfulness and like being nice to people, like not that just like like that. I'm like like genuine thoughtfulness about every situation that they're in and everything that they're that they do. So that includes like thinking about how other people feel how other people are going to react. But that's also thinking about how you feel about something and thinking about being thoughtful in the ways of like, how can I express how I feel right now? How can I like get what I need while also being like a collaborative partner in whatever relationship, whatever experience this is, you know what I mean? Like I think genuine thoughtfulness, if I want something, how can I like sitting down and thinking, how do I get that thing? How do I like what do, what steps do I need to take in order to achieve that goal? Like that kind of thoughtfulness too, because I think that will encompass like all the situations like, oh man, I want to be able to protect people. So okay, I guess I'm going to need to do XYZ. Uh, I want people, you know, I feel like we had <laughs> we actually had a moment uh the other day where uh like the kids were just kind of getting a little rowdy or whatever. Uh, uh, and my wife, like she, you know, she, she got upset and she was like, stop it. And, and she, she, she yelled like, you know, one of those moments where it happens and she walked, she, uh, you know, she walked away and she came back and, you know, she talked to them and she sat down and we were, you know, she was apologizing. And my son, my oldest, he said, when that happens and he was saying this, like holding it, like holding back some tears, but like, no, I'm going to say this. Like, I need to say this. It's like, when that happens, I, I want to run away 
but I know that I need to stand up for myself. Oh, man. Wow. Yo, like, took me oh. out. Took me out. <gasps> took me out. I was like, don't <laughs> like, Yo, hit me with the deepness. And and she and my wife was just like, yep. Yeah. And that that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Like, he was thoughtful enough to be like, man, I'm shook right now, but I got to say, hey, don't talk to me this way. Because that's what he did. He oh. stood there and was like, you can't talk to me. Please don't talk to me this way. Like, don't yell at me. And and that's what he did. He, he, he was like, that's why. I like. That's the kind of stuff I'm like, okay, cool. That's what I want. I want him to be thoughtful enough to know how to stand up for himself when necessary, but to also know how to navigate those relationships and stuff. Like, if he can do that, then he can handle and tackle any problem. So. Hey, listen, your son is in a place where a lot of us at six weren't because oh. if my mama said something <laughs> and I stood up, she would have said, you better go run. <laughs> you better go run. <laughs> Don't talk to me like I'll, that. I'll yeah, okay. belt, a switch or extension cord. Which one? <laughs> exactly. I, look, I know it was one of the four. Exactly. Exactly. Because <laughs> yeah, I had three in my house. We just didn't have no trees. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so it, it, we, we could probably are safe to say that we all probably grew up in a similar era where we needed to go to high school and then go to college and major in a career. Right. Whether it was doctor, lawyer, engineer, you even alluded to that a little bit, Marshall. But how are we able or how are you guys going to support your kids into being creatives? Right. Because you guys took a path where your art and your creativity allows for you to thrive in this space. But if we would have told our parents that we wanted to be comedians or we wanted to be journalists or something like that, they probably would have said, "Nah, you need to do this. Right, so, oh, my, so my parents did say that. So, what advice? What advice would you give to fathers or or parents in general, where you know their kids have talent and they actually have a creative talent to to be able to support them in that? That's a tough one. Uh, well, not not necessarily a tough one. Basically, if they are expressing any kind of aptitude and affinity for something. Yeah. Then we'll try to like take it to like that, just that next step. It, it basically, like just the, hey, you want to do something? Okay, cool. These are the things that a person who does that need to do. These are the things that a person who does that need to learn. All right, cool. If you're willing to do that, then let's go. <laughs> you know, and and I think just the the maybe that the trait of of not giving up too easily that might be like a a, a nice trait to make sure that they have so that. If it does get hard, they don't quit. But if it's something that they really want, then, you know, they probably won't quit anyway. If it's something that they really want. So it's just like kind of like observing that, I think, and and making sure that we don't stomp on it. Yeah. Like my kid, my kid, my oldest loves him, loves him some monster trucks. And I like, I could be the furthest from what I'm trying to do. Like, <laughs> you know, but I, I had to like have a moment with myself like, okay. He's going, he likes monster trucks. He likes race cars. Like, okay, just, you know what? Find, find a connection point, find a connection point and dig in. So I was like, who the black drivers on the monster truck circuit? <laughs> found that dude, grave digger. All right, great. My son already loves that truck. You said we you found that dude. Next. Yep, that yeah. dude. Next. The one. The Formula One. Oh, Lewis Hamilton. Got him. Got He's good. Him. And he wins. Perfect. I like it. He's Next. good. <laughs> Bubba Wallace, let's ride. Black Lives Matter car, cool. 
Like that's just like <laughs> Hey. Yeah. Find a connection point and then connect with it. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I, I always feel like, you know, our our daughter fluctuates. My wife is also an actor and we actually met doing comedy, doing improv. So she knows that like that's our world and you know acting and we're I had to tape an audition for my wife this afternoon in our living room while my daughter was in school so she knows that that's what it is and so we've always just tried to like if there's any interest like Marshall said like like let's explore this like and let's see how interested you are really in it and like and it's really easy to be like, oh, I want to be a star and I want to be famous and that stuff. But it's like, but we try to explain that it's work. Like you have to do work. And, you know, so she's really interested in like art. Um, and she, an example is like over the summer, she was kind of talking about how she like started drawing a bunch of buildings and stuff. And we were like, well, you know that there's these people called architects who... Um, that's what they do. It's drawing, it's art, but you're specifically designing buildings. And she was like, whoa, really? And I was like, yes, we, you know, we learn a little bit more about it. And then started giving her like cardboard boxes. Like, you know, you get like, because we're all getting a thousand things delivered to our house during the pandemic. And so she started taking like Amazon boxes and like, if I put this on top and tape this up here, it kind of looks like uh, top of a house and I can do this. And she literally started building. And so we just try to be like, okay, look, here's some more cardboard. Or did you know that if you like take these two things and put them on top this way, and then if you put something behind it, that can structurally hold it in. And she's like, cool, cool. And she like would learn about. So I'm always just like, if you find something that is of interest that sparks, especially on the creative side, like heighten and explore, like that's another improv thing. Like, like heighten and explore. Like we found something here that's interesting. That let's let's where can we move this on? And then if they cool off and they're not interested, then you're like, great. I will say, funny thing is, over the summer, they had like her school offered some classes, some like after school classes, and we let her pick one, and it was like chess or hip hop or um, drawing or whatever. And she told us, and she said, I want to do improv, and. <laughs> My wife and I were like kind of proud, but also kind of terrified because (laughs) is she just going to be like a star or be like this person who thinks she's going to be a star? Is she going to get on this path? And Marshall will attest, it's hard. (laughs) We hear no way more than we hear yes (laughs) in our profession. And it's like a hard thing to kind of see your child maybe go down that way but you know i would rather like teaching pre- them the skill of how to pretend even better like man they'd be tricking you all yeah day. exactly there's that <laughs> that's like my mind went with that it was like oh right oh. Look. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if she's telling the truth or not like because like kenny like like kenny knows this like there comes a point and like if you stick in improv for like a long time like you go through classes and you do this training and you're like in the community and so like most of the people you hang out with improvisers and stuff like that you do get to a point where you don't know if the conversations that you are having are real or not like you like like there comes because because at that point everybody is like Everybody's doing bits. Everybody, everybody kind of knows like the structure and the language of improv, and everybody kind of knows how to do it and 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 you know do it seamlessly. And so then there there will come a time where you're like, 
I'm having every kind, like four out of five conversations are just like complete and total joke conversations <laughs> that neither person <laughs> wants to give up Everyone's because you are trained not material to let it go. <laughs> yeah. You just try, like it's just stuck in your brain. You, I got to keep going. I got to keep going and you won't and let it go. Yeah. Like, that and whole conversation like, was BS. <laughs> and there's always like one person who brought their like significant other who's not in the comic book. <laughs> and they're being like, I don't know I don't, what's what's going on. This is like, miserable. <laughs> Yo, back in the day, I took the I, I, I like I brought the homies to an improv party, and they was like, oh, and everybody was all joking, so, and they were just walking around like, what am I looking at? What is happening? Like, who is doing? <laughs> what is this bit? Why are you letting them talk skater? to you like that? Like, oh, why are you talking to them like that? I, wait, hold on. <laughs> like, how did you? Yo, did you just say that to that person? Oh no, it's cool. It's cool. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh man, I was on the phone with my daughter the other day, and she asked how everything was going in California with her grandmother. I was like, oh, you know, everything is fine. And she said, are you exercising? I was like, yeah, but you know, there's a lot of smoke. And she's like, why is there smoke? I was like, well, the hills are on fire. And I forgot that I grew up in Southern California. She did it. So she's like flipping out, like, what do you mean the hills are on fire? And, and it just occurred to me, I was like, man, I did not expect to get into a climate change conversation now. <laughs> and, and I'm curious with everything that's going on in 2020, what are some of the, the tough conversations that you guys find yourselves in with like seven-year-olds and six-year-olds and four-year-olds? <laughs> uh, I think the hardest thing is like just explaining like certain times of why we can't go outside. Like that's been something that came up just in the past week was like, we can't leave that can't leave that window open. The air quality is so bad. Or like uh, back in uh, May when like the uprising started over George Floyd, you know, my where we live, curfew was put on at like four o'clock, which was, uh, was was not right. There was nothing going on in our town, but people were so worried. But anyway, um, my, my daughter wanted to go on a bike ride. She's like, can I go out on a bike ride? And it was like 345. And I was like, well, I mean, we can't. We have to be back by four. And then it leads to a conversation. And we've always tried to be like, you know, we're, gonna, we're not going to try to shelter you from what's going on. Like, we're going to talk about what's happening. The reason why we can't go outside right now is because there's terrible fires that are burning down people's homes. We're safe here. We're fine, but just, you know, these fires, and so it's creating smoke. Or we're, these people are out on the streets protesting because there are people who are not being treated fairly by the police. Like, we try to be as very upfront because it's just like, you, you kids can, you can, you, we can give them a lot more credit than what often is. Kids are very aware of what's going True. on. True. They're very sensitive. So we're just like, you know, why... But it's definitely a lot of questions about like why we can't go outside lately. I don't know what's your experience, Marshall. Oh man, well it's. I feel like my kids are weird um, <laughs> because. <laughs> don't get me wrong, my daughter's weird too. No, I, like it's because <laughs> like they like they. I feel like they understand it more than they should for like mm. being like the age that they are. It's weird cuz like uh like they like they will completely talk about coronavirus very casually like yeah, you know, the thing with the coronavirus and that like my like one of the twins like her thing that she hates the most about coronavirus is just that like she can't talk to p other people as much as she wants to like anytime a car drives by and like we're outside on the porch or in the yard like 
somebody's walking on the street, like walking a dog. Hi, I'm Kalia, and this is my sister, and that's my brother, and we just did this, and somebody took a poop just now. Like she will just like just start spewing everything because <laughs> she just misses those interactions. But they understand. Like it's weird. They get it. Like the, you know, hey, all right, some you know, put your mask on because somebody just is getting too close, or you know, somebody you know somebody just rang the bell, or. Or, you know, uh, uh, you know, Aunt Carolyn, you know, is coming to say hi, put your mask on, you know, six feet, you know, air hug. And so they, they kind of understand. So they don't really like, they don't really complain or, like, I mean, they complain, but like they don't, they, it's not from a lack of like knowing like, hey, there's a virus, you know, and, and I think part of it too is like we pump them full of PBS kids and, and they get a lot of like science stuff. Daniel Tiger. Yo, hey, yo, Molly D, from D Tiger, D Tiggle, he be he drop knowledge, yo. <laughs> it's okay to be angry, but it's not okay to hurt someone. Right? It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, bro. Like no. PBS, PBS laid it down like for real for us, and so like they like they good, like they know about the science. Like yeah, it's a virus, and people get sick. All right, cool. You know, like you got to stay away, and you got to wash your hands. You got, and it like it's so it's weird and. <laughs> You guys, you were talking about, uh, you know, Dada, you were talking about your daughter being worried about you and then being worried about your mom and everything. Like, my girls don't, like, death to them is nothing. <laughs> like, the, like, one day, the other, like, the, one, of, one of them said the other day, like, she was trying to climb and do something. And I like, I'm like, grab her. I'm like, hey, what? No, 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 no. You, why? That's not where we go. That's not what you do. You're going you gonna to hurt yourself. It's like, why can't I do it? Because I don't want you to kill yourself doing this and she got but we're gonna die anyway what like and i was like no this cannot be how you feel about it this early not this early <laughs> please don't like so that's what i'm saying like my kids are weird man <laughs> what are you i mean what are your guys experiences yeah i mean i'd like to know especially on the east coast we, we marshall and i have similar stuff we're doing out here in la but I'd love to see like what here, what the pandemic is going in different other other parts of the country. This kind of DC, Maryland, Virginia area is weird because I don't know. I feel like there's there's always kind of a heightened state um, of being out mm -hmm. here. So you know, it's kind of like all right, this is what we're doing now. All right, you know, like we live near um, Andrews Air Force Base, so you know, since nine eleven, um, <laughs> it's been turned up. And and before nine eleven, there was the, you know, the uh, DC sniper. You know, like it's just it's always um, okay. it's just always some heightened. So yeah, in the same way, my girls are just kind of, you know, I don't want they're not numb to it because especially my my oldest niece is she's just like your six year old like she's the hi you know she's exactly yeah. the same. Way. I'm like not everybody wants to say hi. Uh, <laughs> Um, <laughs> 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 they're going to learn. They're going to learn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah someone's going to be out. like, <laughs> someone's going to tell her, I'm I don't not want your friend. friend. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but, nah, so they're handling it very well. We are being very cautious because uh, we also have my mom living with us. So, like, we didn't, I, I still feel bad about, like, not going to the, the Black Lives Matter. Um, protests because I really wanted them to be a part of it. You know, so we're watching it on TV. Um and they just they're just looking at us like all y'all care about is safety. Like it's a bad <laughs> thing. 
Yeah, I mean, like they literally, like, seriously. Oh. Like, <laughs> I mean, the disgust in their faces. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you said you said that like Felicia told Craig she he was being stingy like I mean can you imagine when I'm like yes you know please don't yeah. turn against safe <laughs> you know um, and it's just funny because when all of us are talking we're telling these stories like you know this one little thing that we did is gonna like affect everything they do in their lives. Like I'm, I'm trying to to not be that person, but everything feels like it's all gonna like all my cards are on the table, and you gotta be all in with every single moment. So anyway, that's just just kind of a, a round way to say is like everything just seems heightened, but the kids are just taking it in stride, and it might be a little different for us because we we were homeschooling before the pandemic as well. So the biggest thing living out here, you get to go to a bunch of, um, you know, museums, all that stuff for free. Nah, we, it's on the camera now. So I'm just trying to keep my kids, you know, healthy and safe when they don't care about safety. <laughs> a hell of a thing to rebel against. Bro, listen. <laughs> Thank you, so my daughter is, is, is a little different as well because she's, uh, she watches Morning Joe. Right, and so okay. She, she's how old is she? She's nine. Oh, and shit. so I gotta her, watch my morning show. Yeah, and, and so she has ninety percent of the story, zero percent of the context. Mm. Right, so the majority of the time, I'm spent trying to give her backstory about the things aren't exactly as bad as as they seem. They are terrible, but they're not exactly as bad <laughs> as, as, as as they suggest. I said, but. And what I always try to end on is what can we do, right? Because I don't want a kid who's hopeless. And I, and I think that's the fear when they have so much information, right? Because I would rather, she didn't know so much, but it's, you know, it's natural for her. And so we spend a lot of time, okay, so what can we do, all right? Um, we can pick up some trash. And I'm thinking, I don't want to pick up trash, but hey, you know what? My kid came up with this idea and this is how we could help the community. Let's at least pick up trash at the clean park, not the the one. <laughs> but, um, Welcome to the East Coast. Yeah, so I mean, um, pick up that clean trash. Yeah, yeah, dirty trash. Let's let's get the wrapper and like the old tennis balls. Let's not go too deep in those bushes. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's it's oh, real it's, though. It's a balancing test, right? Because you want yeah. them to know, but you don't want them to know so much. Because I still wanted to be a kid. Yeah. But really? you know, part of her childhood is watching Morning Joe. So, and it's a little, it's a little, it's a little interesting too with 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 Nas, right? Because Nas is two, and I'm a, I'm a transplant, so I, I moved here as you guys know from Chicago. So this area is is still relatively new to me, right? So I went from like being in a place in Chicago that you know had its own challenges, but it was blue, right? And to come here where it's like it's blue, but 15 minutes away, it's not. Right. And so I'm still just trying to get used to what this area is because it's lukewarm south. Right. It's lukewarm south and it's you're meeting people from all over the country. And so they're bringing their perspectives. Right. They're bringing their ideas. They're bringing all of these different things. And most people that you engage with, you have to ask yourself, how long are you going to be here? 
when are you going to be deployed? When are you moving? You're a transplant, so on and so forth. So establishing relationships is, is very tough out here. But Pfizer and I, we've made made a um, we've we've made it a job of ours to engage Nas in you know what is currently going on, whether we're talking about it with each other and he's at dinner. Right, we're pouring into him, um, whether it is through art or through music, individuals that he could look up to, right, or individuals that connect to his background with him being biracial and interfaith. Um, you know, we took him. Um, Faiza went ahead and organized a George Floyd rally here in our neighborhood, and we had Nas out there with a Black Boy Joy T-shirt and holding up a sign that says, you know, Black Lives Matter, and you know. At two years old, you could say, you know, is he going to remember that? Who knows? But I'm going to go ahead and plant that seed, you know, so that, you know, we have, a, you know, the baby girl um, and she's going to be here in December. And so you can only imagine that this is all kind of brewing in her as well. And so <clears throat> we're still kind of learning and, and identifying. And, and I have the Don and I have hairs to kind of bounce some ideas off of too, because I just may say, look, man, I just need to be around some black people. I just want to take my son to be around black people. And the Don may say, hey, got a spot for you in DC. Or Harris might just say, hey, why don't you just come on out here? We, we cooking in the backyard. Let's just build community that way. So I want my son to be a part of knowing that there are things out there that he can he can do on his own, like a morning Joe. But people are going to be expecting for you to bring who you are to and to be proud on the shoulders that you stand on being who you are, man. So, you know, this question, this answer might be different when he's eight. But right for right now, I just want him to be I want him to know that he is intelligent, that he is creative, that he is smart, that he is loved. Right, because you can't take those things away when you release him to the world. So we just that's got beautiful. deep all of a sudden, man. We just got deep. Oh, oh that's deep. Yeah, actually, it's funny because you said that, and it reminded me of something I heard. Um, uh, somebody was asked a question about how they were are able to to speak and and navigate this the you know these issues like racial issues. So so um, you know intelligently and so but like in a but in such a different way without the emotion and his response was that growing up he never came from the his identity never came from the slave like didn't start at slavery mm-hmm. it started before that and mm-hmm. so it, the the you know the 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 learning of the history wasn't like oh we were slaves and we got freed it was like everything else before that you know mm-hmm. egypt and all that so he felt like that was a big difference in the way he was able to you know absorb everything yeah. that goes on the racial everything racial that happens in this country is because it's like i'm not coming from this like place of us having to overcome i'm coming mm-hmm. from a place that we just got to get back to <laughs> and that's <laughs> you know huge, what I mean? and that's so funny that you say that one of my boys was on uh, ig and he was just dropping picture upon picture upon picture of like prominent influential black figures right so serena and venus williams and then you know somebody else somebody else and i wasn't responding um but then he dropped a picture of york and york was the enslaved um a uh, man that was on the cores of discovery with Lewis and Clark, who essentially was the brains behind the uh, the whole cores of discovery. What is something that you like say or do or have said or done as a parent 
that you either swore you would never do that your parents did or something that you wanted to do that your parents did. You know what I mean? Like, oh, my parents did this. I want to do this. Or my parents did this. I swear to God, I'm never doing that. And then have you done it since then? <laughs> That's a good I question. Got it. I, uh -oh. I got it. Go ahead. Right. Right. I'll jump in. So my mother at one point in her life was a paramedic. And it was, uh, I was the only child, single parent. And all the notions of like a mama's boy being like coddled, none of those took place, right? <laughs> if, I if I came in the house with like blood gushing out of my legs, she'd say, you know where the first aid kit is? Don't bleed on my floor. <laughs> and, and I was just like, how could you be so cold? I was like, but you're a paramedic. She's like, that's how I know that you're not really hurt. So <laughs> she got you. And I promised that would be different. The other day, my daughter came oh, to me man. and she said, daddy, I cut myself. And she, she had her hand. And I was like, well, go do something about it. And she said, I already did because I knew what you would say. So she had, she had washed her wound, got the first aid kit, put a Band-Aid on, and brought me her, her cut finger with the Band-Aid. And I was like, damn, I, I blew it. Like, I, I had my opportunity. She was testing you. She was but testing not, you only, not only did I, did I blow it, she knew I was going to blow it. <laughs> so... My parents, so my father was born in 1933. Just a little bit of context. Mm -hmm. And he's from Ghana, West Africa. So he wasn't talking. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he just wasn't. <laughs> like I remember, I used to just try to get him to talk to me. And he'd be like, uh, sir, <laughs> you are a child. Like, and, I mean, it's not like I, you know I never felt love or anything like that, but it was just kind of like we ain't gonna we ain't gonna talk about no. Uh, so anyway, um, <laughs> so just making sure that my my children um, have a voice, which is just it was just hard because again we got multi generations in the house. So like my mom, <laughs> bless her I mean, heart. I have to protect my kids from my mom because um, <laughs> she just get them that look and I just be like, mom, don't do it. Don't hit them. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I, I'm trying not to put my mom on fresh street. But <laughs> yeah, hey, look, look, we got, look, we know. We already know. You know what I'm saying? So anyway. I got so hit as a kid. I want them, I nope. want them to be able to speak, just like your children, you know, speak up for themselves and stand up. And I'm just like, but you will get knocked down if you do this at the wrong time. I may not be around. I may be on a Zoom call and all I hear is spack up. You know? <laughs> um, so yeah I'm very like we don't really we don't we, we really don't spank we really just try to give them an opportunity to be heard um, you know but I get it you know I get it just this, this those times so um, yeah yeah just giving them a voice like your voice matters um, even though sometimes I really don't want to hear it <laughs> and even though sometimes it's like you a child though you you don't have any context you don't have it uh, so it's hard but we're we're sticking with it they had their voice uh, but it's rough you know <laughs> I'm a referee. <laughs>
<laughs> this is a, a perfect transition um, because um, I saw belts and switches and house shoes. Uh, and we're talking about the house shoes from Walgreens that had that plastic bottom. The plastic bottom joints. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, when I was 17, I would always say, I'm going to whoop my kids, right? Because that's all I know, right? And then I saw Nas for the first time in a hospital. And I was like, man, I, what I look like sending him out to go get a switch. And these trees out here in Virginia are different from the ones in Milwaukee. They thicker. I can't get my kid no belt. I can't do that. And then this kid started testing limits. I mean, I know he's two. So I'm struggling, right? Because I'm like, oh, this is cute too. Or is this going to be him at 12? Like, dad, you know I can choke you, right? It's like, son, all I wanted was ketchup. All I asked for was for the ketchup, son. That's all I wanted. That's all I wanted. And so I struggle with sometimes, like, what's the alternate approach to discipline, right? Because, you know, I do the timeout thing, and I swear I would never do that because that's what white parents do. But it works. Well, not, in my, not in my house, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did not get. I did not get timeouts. Stereotypes. The, the rumors yeah. are false. The rumors are false. Well, no, I know. I know the stereotype exists, but I'm just saying. In my house, we. I had belts, wooden spoon. I had all that stuff. The so. wooden spoon. The wooden spoon. Wooden spoon was nuts. Not mommy. Was it a <laughs> gift to the family? I uh, know. Like, did you make um, lemonade with that after you got beat with it? No. <laughs> uh, my mom would take that out and she would make me put my hand on the counter and she'd just like tap it real quick. How do you feel about wood spoons today, Kenny? I mean, <laughs> I'm like, fine I don't even use chopsticks. We, well, we ain't got a wood spoon in our house. No chopsticks, everything's no chopsticks, no drumsticks. <laughs> the, the wooden spoon wasn't as traumatizing. It was the belt. Like the the my dad. I remember he would if we were like we were trying to sleep, and he would we we were being too loud. Because I shared a room with my twin brother, he would knock on the door and just like crack it outside the door. And we would no. just like, we would just immediately no. shut up. No. Mm-mm. But Mm-mm. it'd be like, I got it. My belt is off. I got it right here. I'm, you know, yeah, shut I'm, up. I'm, I'm, I'm standing at attention. I'm standing at yeah. attention. I'm so, standing at attention. But no, that's. That, I, don't, that's I don't mean to derail your thought. I'm just saying. But, no, that's fine. That, that, I mean, we all have been traumatized, some of us, with, with, with the whoopings and, and belts and beatdowns. But, but yes, um, most, most white households do do timeouts. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that. I, I, I appreciate that because sometimes I feel like a white household, man. I do sometimes just like, you know, with the timeouts, but it works, right? It works. And so uh, I give a lot of that to credit to my wife and the approaches that she's taking because it's helping me to see that, you know, I don't want my son to be afraid of me, but I also want him to understand that when dad says something, that's it. That's it. But he's two. So, so yeah, man, thank you for having us go through our trauma. I do feel the need to clarify that uh, when I say my house, I mean like the house I grew up in. I, my daughter does not get spanked. Yeah. <laughs> just to clarify. <laughs> just to clarify. We, we have no wooden spoons. Yes. Yeah, I don't, I don't, we don't do that. I, in fact, there was a moment yesterday where she's having a really hard time. My daughter, she has a bit of like a, a perfectionism thing where like it's got to be perfect and especially like if schoolwork if she can mess up if she can do multiple pages of something 
she's fine. But if it's like, you have to do this, draw something on this one page and you only get one page, she has a very hard time because if she goes like a little right. bit off, yeah. she gets really frustrated. And so she got really frustrated a couple of days ago. And my wife was trying to kind of talk to her and she had not, she has not done this since she was like two. She like reached forward and bit my wife's hand. And you know, she gotten, you know, we kind of stepped away. She had to go to her room and, you know, there was no talking between us for a good <laughs> We worked it out. But I, and in my mind, I was like, man, if I had done that, <laughs> my mom or dad, man. like, that would have been, I don't even know what would have happened. So, oh, so you going to bite me? Oh, you yeah, going to oh, bite me? Okay. You, you don't want teeth. <laughs> Yo, I, look, my mom had me at, like I took martial arts when I was like 11. Like my mom had me in like the summer karate class, like boy, go do something. And so like I was in like karate class over the summer and like no joke, like my mom was five foot, like, like on a good day. She was five feet tall. So like by the time I was like that age, I was already like, like looking down on my mom. Like, okay, cool. And I remember I did or said something smart and she came with one hand. And my like the training kicked in <laughs> and I blocked it. <laughs> and so then she came with the other hand and I blocked that. And in my mind, I was like, oh snap, it worked. But then I was like, oh no. <laughs> and like in that instant, she looked me dead in my eye and she flipped it on me. Like I don't even know how she did this, but she flipped it on me. All of a sudden, she was holding me by my shoulders, no. and I was like, "How did I get here?" And she was like, "Don't you ever in your block?" And I was like, "Yo!" And then, but then from that moment on, she never actually, she never tried to hit me again. Oh, that was the moment she didn't try. But in that moment, it was like, "Oh snap, I messed up," and she let me know I messed up. But then she didn't try that no more. <laughs> well, wild. Wild boys we are. Wild boys we are. It, it's kind of sad that it all goes back to physical violence. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm over here like, you know, I know. well, I guess not Dida. Dida, you, you, you're, you're enlightened, I, I guess. I don't know. But the rest <laughs> now, of us, man. Apparently, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm disconnected because I didn't even tend to her wound. But so I'm on the other side. You ain't going to bleed out. <laughs> 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 but I think it's like like you were saying, Brian, like I would never like when my daughter did that a few days ago, I would have never like I would never lay a hand on her. Just because I just when she was born that day, I know I think by the time I was we were gonna have kids, we got to that point, I think my wife had said my wife was not spanked as a kid and we knew that that wasn't something that we were gonna do. But I was like, I don't know, like you're gonna be in that situation, you're gonna get that frustration. I don't know. But then when she, the second I saw her, I was like, there, yeah, a little kind of click in the back of my head. It's like, oh yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Look at this. Like she's, she's perfect. This is perfect little being. I, why would I ever, why would I ever do that? But it was just thinking about it afterwards. Like that whole, when she bit my wife, I was like, oh man, like a half hour later, I was like, man, my dad, I don't even, I couldn't even like put into words what my dad would have done. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't have even done it probably. <laughs> I hear you. That's it. I, I, hear you. House. I knew what would have happened. Well, listen, man, I, I tell you, this this has been absolutely fantastic. The synergy, the collab. I mean, you know, this is Rough Riders and Rockefeller 
getting together. Uh, seamless. Seamless. <laughs> seamless. The DJ Clue mixtape has just dropped. Uh, but I tell you this. Desert Storm, but I'm so glad that uh, the the uh, Father Good crew was able to to kick it with us today. Um, yeah, why don't you go ahead and, and let the world know uh, your handles, man, and, and how they can find you? Uh, so you can find uh, Father Good Podcast um, uh, on Instagram uh, at Father Good Podcast um, on Twitter at Father Good P uh, and. Uh, and then on uh, Instagram, I'm uh, at Mr. Happy Givens on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, and I'm uh, at Kenny G. Stevenson at, on Instagram and Twitter. And if, yeah. I just deactivated my Facebook account this week. So Ooh. no longer on Facebook. <laughs> Screw you, Zuckerberg. <laughs> I watched that doc, the, the new Netflix doc called The Social Dilemma. Oh, which, if you have, we, we all have kids, and we're all they're all eventually going to have phones. <laughs> like, it's worth watching because it's okay. terrifying. Oh boy! Oh, okay, great marketing. Yeah, <laughs> watch this movie. It will scare the ass out of you. <laughs> watch <laughs> it though. <laughs> These show notes are going to be robust. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's great, man. Well, listen, we thank you guys. We definitely want to encourage our listeners to check out the Father Good podcast. Um, we're going to drop this episode together. And so please check them out, follow them, listen to them like you listen to us. If you love what they're doing, give them love, give them five star reviews. If you don't, that's all right, tell somebody else. Still um, five star reviews. Yeah, yeah, yeah don't five star reviews. <laughs> check us out. We're the Dad Jeans Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. You can email us at info at dadjeanspodcast.com. Stay safe, stay sane, do good. And until next time, peace. 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 Take care, y'all. Bye, everyone.